hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of No Funkin' Strictly Munkin', the only podcast that doesn't even bother spending one moment funkin', because we can spend all our moments munkin'. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jay Christie, joined as always by my good friend, Andre Barrera. Andre, how are you? Man, I'm sweating it up like really crazy. It's like 94 degrees right now. Uh, do, you, do you not have air conditioning in your apartment? I do not. In Los Angeles? Yeah, it's it's in West Hollywood, and I mean, there's like a kitchen unit, but it doesn't it doesn't do anything. So yeah, the thing is, I'm definitely way too spoiled growing up in Florida. Because the thing about Florida, which is nice, is that since it's everything is so relatively recently uh, settled, like built, yeah, like there's almost nowhere that doesn't have air conditioning. Like if it's in like the if it's in like May or August, and the air conditioning breaks in a school, for example, they just cancel school. <laughs> Really? <laughs> yeah, but also you have to keep in mind, like, you know, 95 degrees and 100% humidity is a lot different. Like, there's no fan that's gonna, no fan can counteract 100% humidity, um, no matter how high it is. How about a swamp cooler? A swamp cooler? Yeah. I, what's a swamp cooler? Is that a thing? I Are you know serious? What, that, what? Is that, you don't know what that is? No, I don't. Wow, I thought that would have been like a Florida thing. Um, I in my apartment when I lived in Tucson um, for university, I didn't have air conditioning either. God, I guess I'm just like suffering all the time. Um, but yeah, it's basically like an air conditioner, but it it like it draws moisture from the air and it, like it mm. cools your room. But mm. it makes like all of your like bedding feel damp. It's really mm. gross, actually. Yeah. See, I think the reason I don't know what that is is because like I just said, everyone in Florida had air conditioning, so we didn't need like off-brand air conditioning. Um, All right. Now, speaking of times where you're hot, though, in Florida, you would get hot if the power went out in a blackout because the air conditioning right. went off. Because we're right. talking about Mr. Milk and the blackout. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what do you think of this episode? Um, I think this is like the first episode in a while that was just like uh, it was just an episode. It was I agree. whatever. That is exactly the same way. Um, I think that I mean, there's parts... some there's some intriguing there's some intriguing parts of it, but like everything that has to do with like the case at hand is like yeah. pretty whatever. And I also think it has one of the more cringy sequences um, in the whole show of the the, the, the staircase, the staircase, and yeah, it's just yeah, kind of yeah. like yeah, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so we'll get into it, um, Mr. Brook the Blackout. Do you have yourself an experience with blackouts? Uh, yeah, it actually, it happens quite a bit in L.A. Oh, right, um, there's the rolling blackouts. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's, it's like, annoying as hell, but um, but it's nothing, like, too insane like it is on this show, like, how it's displayed. Yeah, I, there was a big blackout when I was still living in suburban New York in 2004. I believe it even has its own Wikipedia page of, like, the great blackout of 2004, because it probably, I think it probably affected in upwards of 30 million people, if I take a guess, because it was all through New York City and the suburbs and stuff like that. Um, uh-huh. And I remember that, uh, yeah, it was definitely a very um, shitty day and shitty night. Because um, my, my dad was working in the city at the time, and he couldn't get home because their trains weren't running. You know. Right. If I remember correctly. I would, ima- I would, ima- I would imagine this happened in the summertime. Did you say yes, that? Yes, it did, yes. Yeah, uh, okay. And if I remember correctly, he took a ferry to, like, Jersey, and then one of his coworkers drove him to a friendlies in Suffern, if I remember correctly. And we picked up what the hell is a friendlies? It is a ice cream. Uh, it's like a diner that serves ice cream. Um, I've never okay. actually sit, eaten in one, but friendly. You can buy friendlies ice cream in grocery stores, so it's very good. Um, and they're friendly. So 
You should complain okay. about it. They're literally called friendlies, you know? Sold. Exactly. Everything is what its name says, which is why uh, China is a people's republic. Anyway, so we start off um, with uh, someone breaking into a power plant. Um, yep. Way too easy, if you ask me. Um, yeah, but I mean, is like the security, like, is there, I mean, yeah, I guess if, if it's like a whole plant, there should be like a little bit of a tighter. I mean, if, if it, it can, they did, I mean, we'll get to it, but they say that if he did it at a certain time, it would have shut down like power for half, half to stay, to, half to stay, which yeah. seems like flimsy to me, but okay. All right. Yeah. I honestly, I don't know how the power grid works this. We're doing this early, but if you work in like power <laughs> and you know how the power grid works in cities and stuff like that. Um, please reach out because you're right. This or, feels... or if you're just a fan of the show on Star's Power, that works too. We'll take that. Wait, if if you're a fan of the show Power, yeah. No, I don't. I mean, I, not that I don't want to hear from you, but that's not nearly enough. <laughs> um, God, I cannot believe there's a spinoff of that show. Anyway, as this is as they're breaking in, um, we're at Shrona's house and they're playing a game called Doodle Fever because apparently Pictionary is not in the public domain. Is that uh, what that is? Okay, I never, yeah. I, I've never played Pictionary. It's fine. Wondering. It's fine. Okay. I mean, I'm not a big fan of it because I'm really bad at drawing, um, and there's so many board Same. games that I'm very good at. So, what's the best board game that you're good at? The Cranium. I'm really good. No, Cranium is because there's too many like tangible things in Cranium. The game I'm best at probably is Taboo. Um, the game. I think I've mentioned this before. It's the game of unspeakable fun. Um, yeah. Uh, I actually have it right next to me because it just happens to be there. Big fan. Um, I also love Scategories. Very good at Scategories. Um, yeah, me too. Um, what else? Uh, you know, it's really passe now because, like, edgy humor is kind of dumb, but I was really good at Cards Against Humanity. At least I thought I was. Like, I would win a lot of times, but, like, I, this is a complete tangent, and as, as you know, we'll get back to the episode. But, like, I really don't like the way some people judge Cards Against Humanity. Like, if I make a joke that's actually, like, topical and good, and, like, someone just, like, uses the bees card, it's like, if it doesn't make sense, go fuck yourself. Like, that doesn't win. Anyway. You would you would be, like, a total fucking... Uh... Think, this thing, I keep it to myself during it, because I know that I am wrong. Like, I know I know that, okay, I know I'm correct, but I know that I'm wrong. And so I don't, if you play Cards Against Humanity, I won't say a word. But no, the entire time I'm like, you motherfucker. Like, I just came yeah. up with the most socially, social, political, correct joke in the world. I am insufferable. Anyway. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Banji's drawing something. Uh, Monk doesn't get, he's like, it's parallel lines. Um, excuse me, I don't know why I'm yawning. Um, so yeah, what, what, talk a little bit about what ben, the whole scene, because Benji's drawing something and Monk's trying to guess what it is. Yeah, so like it's just it's just that it's ba- I mean I don't know what else there is to say about it, but basically yeah, Benji's getting super annoyed that like Monk has to be the way that he is, and then eventually we find out that it's a houseboat. I yes, say. it's a houseboat. And Monk mistakes uh, the waves, uh, what he thinks are waves, when it's actually a shark, yeah. and yeah, so Monk's mm-hmm. not the best at and playing this games, is, as we know. Yeah, and this is intercut with uh, a person planting a bomb. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, Sharon checks her watch. Oh no, they have to stop playing. Why? Because it's the San Francisco Bicentennial concert? The, G- the Bicentennial Jamboree. Yeah. Because when you that. think San Francisco, you think country music concert. Okay, but what? Okay, I was trying to put this together. So Bicentennial is 200 years, correct? Correct. So if this was in two. Was, was San Francisco, right? I mean, 
I mean, I can just Wikipedia this. I assume that they probably got it right um, in terms of when it was incorporated as a city. Uh, uh-huh. Data incorporated. I'm filling, filling, filling. That's a, okay. This is completely wrong. I don't know what date they're talking about. The mission, the first mission of San Francisco, not as in you know, you know what I mean, as a mission, uh, was yeah. in 1776, and it was incorporated in 1850. In 1776. Yeah. Wow, what a coincidence. I know. It was incorporated in 1850, so I don't know what the hell they're talking about with, um, like with, you know, 1805. I guess it would have to be. Um, uh huh. So that's complete. That's an oversight. Um, yeah, I I knew it was I for whatever reason I knew it was gonna be like a problem. Yeah. Um, whenever I think of bicentennial, I always think of the joke on Thirty Rock where when Tracy's on. And I know you haven't watched Thirty Rock because you hate the theme song, but Tracy's yeah. on cash cab. Wait, well, he's go, he has to go to the hospital. Hell and his yeah. wife's delivering a baby, and he gets in the cash cab, and he starts answering the questions. And one of them, if I remember correctly, is like, "When was the bicentennial?" And um, oh, it's like I remember that because they said on the bicentennial, uh, the Statue of Liberty was gonna take a top off. <laughs> oh my God! Of course, Tracy. I mean, yeah, great stuff. I mean, one of the best characters in TV history. Anyway, um, it's bicentennial jamboree. There's an explosion at the power plant, blackout. You know, and uh, then we go to theme song. You, okay, I don't know if we've talked about it, but. Um, no, this, the theme song, I like it now. Oh, you like it now? I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. It, I, I, thank you. I'm, I'm glad you finally come around. No, yeah, I mean, I mean, do I still prefer the original? Yeah, I do, but like, uh, but yeah, I actually really like it. Can I you at least, igno- I mean, can you acknowledge, I think we all can acknowledge this, that it, it is a jungle out there. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt about it. Um, so we get back from the theme song and Monk is, uh, very uneasy. And um, keeps repeating, when will it be over? When will it be over? Yep. He's fully having a crisis. Um, yep. Sharon's got candles. You know, she's, she's doing – we actually – it's not really clear how long this has been going on, but it's clear it's not been that long. Yeah, Monk, uh, Monk is squeezing the shit out of Benji's hand. Yeah. Poor Gabe. Yeah, man, it would really suck if uh, your mom's boss was always around and he, you know, had a lot of issues. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's all happening, and I mean that—that's it, right? That's yeah. it for this scene, pretty much. Yeah, yeah and then I mean, the lights cut. go back on. Yeah. And uh, he's—he, I re- i like that way Tony Shalhoub acts this because he really—he is fully acting like a six-year-old, where he's like, "I, I didn't know when it would be over. I didn't know when it would be over." <laughs> like he's trying yeah. to justify, like, "Oh, I wasn't that scared. I just didn't know when it would be over." Yeah. God, Adrian. Adrian Monk, the defective detective himself. Yep. We cut to the crime scene. Apparently there are no cameras. Once again, massive oversight. Right. What's the crime, though? It's just like an act of terrorism or what? Yes, and also remember we learn later that three people died. Well, yeah, later, later, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I would hope that you think that blowing up uh, part of a power plant that takes the city of San Francisco, uh, power off of it for a while, is a big crime. Feels pretty uh, significant. I- how do you think Dale the Whale took it? Oh, not great. Or, I mean, it's hard to say because if we're to believe that... Because I guess we're supposed to believe that prison is in San Francisco's jurisdiction, which, like, of course it isn't. The city of San Francisco is, like, there's maxed out on space. There's no way that there's a full maximum security prison there. 
Um, right. So, like, in real life, he'd be in San Quentin, which would mean that he is not blacked out. But I think that he's probably better because he has the window. Um, if he didn't have the window, he'd be in real bad shape. Yeah. Also, they almost actually no, they definitely have a generator because they need the electricity to keep the door shut. Yeah. True. Very true. Um, and apparently, the guy set the bomb at nine o'clock, and they're lucky because if he said it like twenty minutes later, it would have taken down the power for half the state. Which you live in California. I I I don't know if that's true. Like I said, write in if that's true because that feels like a huge oversight if it is. Yeah, no, I mean, that. I wouldn't think that the things would be run that way. Uh, you got to be a little tight. Uh, you got to run a tighter ship. I can't believe I'm using the second. Is there, like, a Mr. Monk and the Pirates or, like, anything like no. that related? No. Okay, damn. All right, I'll get them all out oh. this episode then. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's no Mr. Monk and the Pirate. Um, uh, there's no Mr. Monk is on the high seas. There is one where he is in where there's the ocean involved, but it's not that. Um and yeah, so it's important to note that, that he set the bomb at 9 o'clock. Um, and then we, we meet Michelle, who is a, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of a way to describe her. I want to describe her the way that, like, a creepy male writer would describe her character, but then it's just going to sound like I'm doing it. But she's, you've, you know, from the very start, you can tell the way that, like, she set up, like, okay, this, she's supposed to be a love interest of some kind. Um, yeah, and you know, I was just like, okay, this is like some trap. Like, why? How could she possibly be into Monk? And mm-hmm. like, it's it's really it's bizarre. But it ends up being like actually legit, which yeah. you know, I actually yeah. I, I actually like that. I mm-hmm. like that she wasn't a part of the whole yeah. setup. Just side note, she does she is asking where Edelson is. Edelson, but obviously yeah. ends up being the killer. So it's important. He's like you in in hindsight, you can be like, oh, he's not he's not trying to be around the cops. Which good call. Yeah. If, if I was a guy who faked his death, I would be avoid the cops if at all possible. Um, yeah. Monk is refusing to wear his hard hat. Um, yeah. Because, of course, he is. Yep. But uh, Which yeah. I don't understand why you have to wear a hard hat at a, at a power plant. It's not like Probably like some, type of fall on you. some type of Yeah, yeah. I, you know, like, whenever there's stuff like that, I remember in high school we had to read a book that was basically, like, a very libertarian... Like take on like how rules and regulations like uh, you know how they're so, so you know they ruin business and they ruin creativity um, because uh, you know they they're they, they're one size fits all when they don't actually apply. It's like you know what? In the, at the end of the day, I'd rather a bunch of people look dumb wearing hard, hard hats in a place where there's nothing to fall on them than I would be like they're not be that rule. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so he puts on the hard hat, and she is like immediately like she is thirsty you can tell me she's laying it on thick mm-hmm. like she is it's a lot um i said that she needs some powerade which is a joke that would be good in 2016 uh not because yep. the year 2016 just because thirsty jokes stopped being funny a while ago um yeah and she asks like are you adrian monk and he says one of my favorite lines which is no you must have me confused with literally with anyone else yeah, yeah, yeah. I I was listening to more of the jokes this time, so I think I think I'll yeah. Be right. I, the, the the positive stuff in this episode is a lot of the jokes or the other verbal stuff, um, and uh, she asks an important question. Well, she she asks. Well, she brings up one thing, but doesn't ask yeah. the follow up. That yeah. she says the article says you're single, which like right. why would the article about him recovering a Picasso say he's single? 
Right, and why didn't we get to see that episode where he recovered the Picasso? That's I want to see that. I mean, that is a thing. Like, the thing that kind of annoys me about that too is like there have been a lot of cool episodes of the show. I think it's much more. I would actually prefer it. Obviously, we're not because we're not going to see the episode he recovers the Picasso. But I would right. prefer if they if she referenced the case that we actually saw. You know what I mean? Like that, yeah, it just feels kind of dumb. Um, but she, okay, I just want to note that she. So she. Uh, oh wait. Oh, then a guy walks over and says, "Like Monk, do you see the sign?" Because Monk is tapping on this thing that says "Do not touch." Um. And he, the do not touch sign is a little crooked, so he adjusts it, thinking that that's what the guy meant. Good joke. Um, yeah, back-to-back episodes. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Monk goes over and, you know, talking to Stalmeyer and Disher about the bomb, and it's important to note that Michelle's still talking to Sharona. And yeah. um, they learn, you know, some stuff about the explosive, not that important, just cop mumbo-jumbo. And then they go review the letter. And Monk, because he's superhuman, what does he recognize in the letter? Uh, he recognizes it from, I guess, a series of bombings that happened, like, not even in San Francisco. They were, like, in Boston, in I In Boston, say? correct. Yeah, yeah. And it was, like, somebody that had written a similar manifesto or used he similar used a, phrases. He used, a, he used a phrase about, like, barbar- being, like, chained in barbarous whatever. Because when he blew up, like, army barracks or something like that and killed three uh, soldiers. Um, yeah. Uh, his name's Winston Brenner, which, like... Correct. This classic... Brennan, Brennan. Brennan? Brenner? I thought it was Winston Brenner. Shit, I think you're right, yeah. Uh, classic TV film character name. No one's na- Winston Brenner is either a character in a detective story or an SEC quarterback and nothing in between. Like, if, okay, yeah. if Winston Brenner was the quarterback of South Carolina right now, yeah, like, yeah, of course. He's, you know, he throws for 100 yards a game and uh, gets sacked 10 times. Um, and as this is happening, Michelle is asking Sharona a follow-up question because she knows that Monk is single. But when you know someone's single, what's the immediate thing you also need to find out? Uh, like, Think is there the, anything wrong no, with no, 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 that's not the first thing to Because you, you can be single and not dating, uh-huh. or you can be single and ready to what? I'm setting you up mingle? for my... Mingle? Yes. He asks, is uh. single and ready to mingle? I, I, that's, I don't know why, but that's one of the funniest phrases in the world to me, because it's so stupid. If someone actually used it... I'm just, I always like imagining people using it sincerely, like, man, girl, I'm single and ready to mingle. <laughs> I've used it before, but mostly, like... For ironically, reasons. yeah. I mean, I... Exactly. Yeah, I, yeah, ironically. It reminds me a lot of... I don't know why it does, but there's um, a tanning, like, salon, like a spray tan thing that's, like, on the west coast of Florida. I don't know if it's only on the west coast of Florida, but it was always on the radio. I think it's it's Zoom Tan. And their radio ads would always use this exact phrase. Over, like, ten years, you, they go from pale and pasty to tan and tasty, which... Ooh. Just, like, I don't like that at all. Like, no one's, no, anyway. Um, yeah. I don't know why it reminds me of that, but it does. So, Sharona's like, to the question, does he date? No. Um, and she, at, Michelle asks, is there anything wrong with, uh, is there anything wrong with him? And she says, no, which. But, but while this is happening, yeah. they're like looking at him and he's being like a total weirdo, like mm-hmm. pushing like something. I don't even know what he's doing. He's just, he's, P- yeah. Pushing like some little, yeah, being monk. Yeah. And then we cut to – I like how Shrona phrases this where they cut Shrona talking to Monk afterwards saying, like, that she did something terrible, that she lied and said that there's nothing wrong with him. And I love how it's, it's – it's, I love when Monk is like, he doesn't take issue with that. He's not like, wait – he's like, I, he can't believe that she would do something like that, like lie. Like, what do you mean? Of course there's stuff wrong with me. Well, yeah, not, but not only that, he was just like, she should have asked me herself. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, which... she – you know, she's – She's got to go woman to woman. I actually don't even know. I don't know what this... I I really don't understand this character's motivations. It's not that bad. Like, I think that she just might be, you know... 
Lonely? Lo- yeah, I think that that might be the case. Um, She's super hot. Yeah, I don't know how that happened, but... Um, yeah. You know, maybe, maybe it... I mean, maybe the electricity grid is a super male-dominated industry, and she feels like, you know, she, she can't really skate. She doesn't have any girlfriends. But uh, now I'm just projecting onto her. I'm projecting tropes from other TV movies. Um, now... Uh, oh, and so basically, she, she, I forgot to mention that uh, Michelle gives Sharona her card with her home phone number on the Oh, app, right. Um, right. Which does remind me of a great psych repeating joke where Gus, Dooley Hill's character, um, that he gives his uh, business card and then his cell phone number on the back in pencil. And he does that once, and then he mentions it to Sean, and he says this line as if it's like all the time, like, oh my god, you did the thing where you, where you, you put your cell phone number on the back so you can show off your penmanship, didn't you? <laughs> Does he? Do they ever show his penmanship? Yes, it's great, but it's but that's like a recurring thing too. That it's always like you give a business card and then it's self on the back to show off your penmanship. Hell yeah! Um, my penmanship is fine. Um, so Monk doesn't want to call her, but Shrona knows that if she can tell him the number, he'll he won't forget it. Um, and so she basically yells the number at him, and he's uh, yeah. stuck. Yeah. Now we go to this police station, and Randy, he's made a breakthrough. What happened? Yeah. Uh, no, so, like, it appears Monk is correct. Uh, they find... I guess the FBI forwarded all, like, the documents that they had, which mm-hmm. they did that shit real fast. Or I guess there's, like, a field office in Also, there's, you know, probably. there's computers. Like, it's not, you know... I'm, true, but it was, like, in fucking evidence bags, implying that those are the That is true. Documents. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. That is dumb. That's actually yeah. really dumb. That's just, there's no way no, to write this. I know. I saw it and I was just like, wait, how the hell did they get it so fast? <laughs> yeah, like they, they, uh, they put it on like a bull, they pull it, put it on a Concord across. Because it was in Boston too. Like there's definitely, there's no way that's right. in San Francisco. Right, right. So, so yeah. So, so it, it all matches up. It appears to be this Winston Brenner. Yeah, Winston Brenner. Brenner. Yeah, but there's only one thing. And uh, of course, Disher forgot to read the whole page mm-hmm. and... He's been dead for nine years or something? Yes, he's been, he died in an explosion before his trial. Um, yeah. You know, obviously he's not dead because... He uh, went out with a bang, you might say. That's true. Um, yeah. Who else went out with a bang? Um, I think. What's Lester? Uh, Lester Banks? No. Um, the, whatever Rockefeller was, the, uh, the vice president, I think, died during sex with, like, an intern. So... Um, Really, I'm like ninety percent sure about that because I know that that the uh, the the like the general conceit of the film Dave, which is unbelievably good film, big fan of Dave, um, is where he Dave. Da- oh, you don't know Dave? Oh my god! Hold on a second. Which one is Dave? Which it's one the is one Dave? with Kevin Klein plays the guy who looks just like the president, and he takes over after the president has a stroke. Okay, no, I remember In and Out, but I think I was all Kevin Kleined out at that point. No. Oh, by the way, uh, this is what it is. Rockefeller died on nope. January 26, 1979 from a heart attack. He was 70. An initial report incorrectly stated he died at his office. However, the report was soon corrected to state that Rockefeller actually had a fatal heart attack in another location, a townhouse he owned at 13th West 54th Street, when he was in late evening preference of Megan Marshak, a 25-year-old aide. Great stuff. Um, especially wow. the part where they tried to lie and <laughs> you died in his office. Anyway. Sounds like she rocked a feller, huh? That's, that's actually good. That's good. By the way, if you haven't seen right. Dave, unbelievable movie. Seriously, it's one of the cheesiest premises movie I've ever seen. It's 10 out of 10. Um, anyway, so... Yes. Speaking of an actor who's not in Dave, but honestly could have been. We go to... There's a guy in a tree. 
named Albie Drake, who you learn in the scene was like an associate of Winston Brenner. And he, he was his roommate at MIT. Yes, exactly. And this is, of course, played by the one, the only, Judge Reinhold. I was really pissed. He didn't do anything in this episode, barely. No, now I don't. I have, haven't seen um, this asshole in years, and all of a sudden he's just like. My main relationship nice. with him, if I'm being honest, is him in Arrested Development, where he plays himself. Um, but what, what, what's your main you relationship? Know, oh, the Beverly Hills Cop movies. Yeah, I've actually never seen those movies. I really should, but I haven't. Oh man, they're really good. Yeah. Uh, they were when I was a kid. I mean, I'm yeah. sure they are. If you, I'll watch all, I'll watch the first two because I heard the third one sucks. I'll watch the first. The third one's horrible. I'll watch the first two if you watch Dave. Up the two for one. Um, no, okay, you gotta watch the third one though, because it has like a scene with Jeremy Piven that's easily does not hold up at all. I mean, he plays them like super effeminate gay person. Oh, that's that sounds right up my alley in terms of bad movies. Is it? Yeah. And it's it's, it's pre uh, hair transplant Piven, right? Oh, uh, yes, I want to say. Well, what? Year no, is it? it might not be. No, no, no. It's from like ninety five. No, definitely it's pre because he's in. Oh heat yeah, yeah. In sorry, pre, pre, pre. He's in yes, heat in yes. ninety five, and it's bad. It's it's. Yeah. I can't believe that that's not a thing that comes up in every conversation about Jeremy Piven. So you can't just you can't do that. Like that's like how Brian Urlacher showed up one day with hair. It's like you can't. Yeah. Like if it's borderline, like I'm willing to forgive like Joel McHale for example because one he's open about having to have it happen and it's not like he was completely bald before he got it. You know what I mean? Whereas like Jeremy Piven was yeah. in a really bad way. Anyway, he, uh, uh, Albie Drake is in a tree. He doesn't want them to build something or other. He's an environmental activist. You're right. This character yes. does not have that much to do, especially for being played by Joe Dreinhold. Um, yeah. As this is happening, uh, Sharona asks Monk if he called Michelle. The answer is no. Um, they send up some documents to this tree uh, in a bucket, as well as a bunch of wipes, because Monk wants him to clean himself. And, yeah, because he's filthy. Yeah. And, you know, Drake is initially, like, not reluctant to talk about it, but they tell him that three people died, and this struck, yeah. strikes a nerve with him. Um, because, you know, people dying is bad. And uh, no matter what your cause is, if it causes innocent people to die, you're not the good guys. But anyway, um, he, he doesn't want to use the wipes, though, which is important. Um, and there's a great run of jokes where Monk is like, Ralph Nader uses the wipes. Fidel Castro uses the wipes. Sting uses the wipes. All the radicals yeah. use the wipes. He's got a point. I... Elaborate, or I'm not gonna let you just say that. <laughs> what do you mean he has a point? I mean, I, okay, I can't vouch for uh, Fidel Castro using wives, but I mean, those three people are all pretty radical. I would say that is true. No, I'm, but I, I mean, I'm the joke being that they don't, they definitely don't use the wipes. And Ralph Nader might use the wipes. Um, Ralph Nader definitely, he definitely did. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so he, you know, he doesn't want to use the wipes. And wouldn't you know it, Monk accidentally trips and like puts his hands into a wheelbarrow of dirt and like concrete or whatever. And now he needs the wipes. So he asks for the wipes yeah. back, and Albie Drake throws the wipes back at him. Now, this, like, like we said, this scene is not really necessary. It's... Yeah. I have no idea why John Dreinhold is not playing someone more important. Um, yeah, now that I think about it, they could have, like, just completely skipped out this whole thing. Like, they yeah. didn't need this part at all. No. Um, yeah. I wonder if Judge Reinhold was like, I'll do the episode, but we have to shoot all my scenes in one day, and I have to be in a tree. Um, then we go we, we, we're we back at our, our good friend though one of our favorite people I think we're both big fans of this guy Dr. Oh, Charles yeah. Kroger um, yep. just quick note the chairs are closer together for some reason I don't know why they changed the set decoration maybe they got like a new set in season 3 
It looks the same, kind of. Just the, the placement yeah, is a little weird. The build, the space looks the same. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, Monk's talking about the case, and he clearly wants to talk about something else. And yeah. I think that this part's really good, where he te- he's like, you, this is something really funny. Uh, he starts laughing. Yeah. He starts laughing and, like, being whimsical. Yeah. And he's like, you know, this lady, she wants to go out with me. You know, isn't that so funny? And he's clearly, you know, being defensive and hiding and Doc Roger's a good therapist so he's like I know you t- you're telling me this for a reason and yeah. um, there's a great bit where Doc Roger's like is she attractive and as you stated earlier uh, is she attractive Andre? She's very attractive and Monk plays it exactly like a 7th grader being asked if he has a crush on the girl he has a crush on like I, yeah. I, I don't know what, what does that even mean you know yeah, yeah. I mean we've all been there um, unless you know you're one of those kids who was having sex in 7th grade which in hindsight, is gross. Congrats on the sex. But anyway, um, he is very, uh, he's, you know, he doesn't want to talk about it. He doesn't want to call her. And Dr. Kroger's like, you know, it's been eight years. This might be time to move on. And he writes him a prescription for the first time in the show. Like, I like this. I like this. And what does the prescription say? Uh, it says call her or something like yes. that. It basically, it's a prescription to give her a call. Exactly. And to see where it goes. And then there's a really good line that I you almost can miss because it's not really that accentuated. But Dr. Kruger asks, what's the worst that can happen? And Monk has a moment of honesty. And he says, the truth is, I might not hate it. Which that is like, <laughs> if you actually think about it, is like a really, really tragic, tragic line. Yeah, no, wait, you, she, he might not hate what? The date. Like, like what's the worst out? that can happen? Because the thing he's most scared of... Oh, because of he doesn't he, want to get over exactly. it. Exactly. Because he's afraid of yeah. the idea. And that, I think, is like, that's really, really good. Like, that's a concept that is not in most types of TV shows, and I think that that's, you know... Um, now, that's why I like having Dr. Kroger, because he, that's the only character you can have Monk have those honest revelations with, you know? Yeah, agreed. Yeah, true. Then we get two back-to-back phone conversations. The first one is our good friend Albie Drake sitting in the tree T-A-L-K-I-N-G with mm-hmm. Winston Brenner nice. um yep he basically like you kill three people man that's not cool man um and he's yeah I'm not sure what he's doing in this episode t- too much I would say is one um yeah like it just it feels like it's just I also think he's like really miscast like Judge Reynolds just does not look like a radical um, no. Yeah. Um, also, what's to do with him being named Judge? You know, I don't think it's his real name. I'm p- honestly pretty sure it is. I might be I wrong. I don't think it is. I might be wrong, but I think it. I think it is. If I'm wrong, I apologize. Judge Reinhold. Uh, oh, you're right. Never mind. It's not his real name. Bitch. Where does he? He apparently when he was a baby, he looked stern and judge-like. All right, Come on, that's lame as hell. That's actually not that bad. I mean, it's th- my favorite types of nicknames are the ones that like take th- a three-second se- walk to get to. Like, there's this. I think I think he's still there. Like a cornerback for I think Auburn, who goes by Smoke Greedy. M- no, not Greedy Williams. Smoke Monday. Okay, his last name's Monday, which is already awesome. But Smoke. It's like where does he get Smoke from? It's because apparently when he was a kid, he was really really active. Now, how does oh, that I get smoked? He was a, I thought he started smoking at a no, young age. No, but Andre, the, the explanation is he was very active as a kid. Can you, just from that description, can you tell where you get smoke from? Uh, no. Apparently his grandfather gave it. And grandparents give, like, the most convoluted nicknames, which are great. Yeah. It's yeah. smoke 
because he ran. He was so active, he ran around and filled up the house like smoke. <laughs> Would you imagine, like, saying, like, right. like, come on, smoke? And it's like, Papa, why are you calling me that? It's like, because you filled yeah, up the house. Happy. Pappy. See, that's, I mean, I, I know it's not, but whenever anyone says Pappy, it always sounds racist against someone. I don't know who, but it sounds a little bit, uh... Great. I don't know about... Getting cancelled. Yeah, no, I don't want to cancel you. I'm also a weirdo who, uh, I called, uh, my grandparents, uh, grandma. Well, I mean, one of my grandparents, one of my grandfa- my grandfather's dead, and the other one's, uh, not in the picture, but... So both of them grandma, but I don't really understand people like me, ma, people. It's like, this is a grown person. Anyway. <laughs> monk calls Michelle, and he has cards in front of him. Now... I, yes, I love that. Now I made a list of all the cards. Okay, I knew you I were. Missed, I, didn't I missed see two. Of them. I didn't see the any. top right and the bottom right. You never see. Okay. Okay. But this is this is the cards. Okay, in no particular order. I wrote them down as I could see them. Two thousand four yeah. compact sedans. <laughs> okay. Where from? Organic produce. The biggest one is Trudy. Oh, I know. Thinking about you. Reality television, investigation, journalism, travel, colon, Europe, 2004 film festivals, Belizean cuisine, oh my God. French cuisine, yeah, no, you, good job. pop music, history, and biology. My favorite, the two South Ford compact sedans is just <laughs> yeah, yeah, right off the right off the bat. I wonder what his favorite two thousand or favorite compact sedan is. It's gotta be whatever has the highest safety rating. Oh yeah, that's true. Stearns and uh, what, what's the name of the thing? Oh, JD Power and Associates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. So, um, he's called Michelle and he's you know using the cards like thinking about you. I was just thinking about you. It's very very robotic, like the investigation. Yeah. Um, and it goes on. It's not really, I mean, not that relevant. But then I, the thing I like, though, is when he, she, when he mentioned something about Trudy, and she asks, like, what about Trudy? And he, like, picks up a card, reads it, picks up another card, reads it. And then, but the third one, he's no longer reading the cards anymore. He's just being honest, which I think yeah. is really touching. That's it's the moment he's able to, you know, also. No, uh, yeah. It, it, it's, like, a lot less, like, painful than you think it's going to be, like, him doing all. Yeah. Well, up until we get to the date. Yeah. But, like, it goes surprisingly also, smooth. Also, Trudy I'm, I and I share one of those things in common. I can't recite poetry. I, uh, my, uh, Adrian Monk doesn't lo- love the way that I look at him. But, 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 I go barefoot. If I'm inside my own house, I you will never see me wearing socks, period. So, not even to oh you definitely don't wear them to sleep, no right? absolutely not i had athletes put in middle school and i basically had to stop wearing socks around the house because that's the way you really get it um is that it can grow when your feet sweat and also i have a bad unnormally large toes so socks are not comfortable um so you know just walk around barefoot all the time um in fact if i'm in florida i will walk around barefoot all the way down to the end of my driveway um because fuck it you know, I don't... You're disgusting. I, you know, I'll be... The, that's fine. I wash my legs. I don't do all the other disgusting things that pe- white people on Twitter admit to doing, so um, I'll take this one. Um, do you kiss your dogs? Uh, not on the back. Yes, I do. Yeah, I do. I mean, it's, ah. I, the thing is, I less kiss my dog. I let dogs kiss me. Um, okay. I don't open my fine. mouth. I'm not that gross. Um, okay. But also, that's kind of weird. It's like, I just don't understand people who don't like... Like, what the fuck are you having a dog for? Get a, get a cat. Get a bird. Um... So we cut to the tree again. There's a bulldozer. You know what's happening. Judge tries to make a yep. 911 call, but the slowest murder in the history of television happens. Um, yeah, you could say that ju- Judge is getting served. 
the verdict, yes. So has the jury reached a verdict? Yes. The answer is uh, guilty, sentenced to death. Um, yep. I also I love when he's on Arrested Development, where the whole bit where they have the show, uh, the um, judges court, because he like uh-huh. he's, doing, he's being a judge for like criminal proceedings, and he makes him change the name because he it never occurs to him that the only reason they asked him to do it is because his name's Judge. He thought they just wanted him to host yeah. it, and so he makes them change the name to Mock Trial with Jay Reinhold. <laughs> I don't even remember that. And also, the, the, but, uh, the band on it is a hung jury, and it's William Hung in a band. Great stuff. So, the tree gets knocked over, um, and uh, I guess he dies. I mean, he hits, like, a, a building, but, like, I guess it, maybe TV just give me a bad expectation of what people can survive, because I've definitely seen people in TV movies survive stuff like that. Um, no, for sure, but you're also forgetting that we saw some, like, a newspaper kid die from, like, falling, right, like, right, right, five, right, 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 six right. feet, so, you yeah. know, it's whatever. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's like hardcore mode on Call of Duty in, uh, in the Monk universe. Yeah. And so they show up to the crime scene, and Sean's like, did you really call her? Because she doesn't believe that Monk, you know, did the thing. Right. And he's like, yes, and he said he's petrified, and she's like, that's what dating is, you know, snorky Sean stuff. Um, yeah. You know, I, I was surprised she didn't make a joke about her ex-husband, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah. And so Stottmeyer has obviously pointed out that... Wait, that, wait, hold on. Oh, you're burying the yeah, lead, though. Oh, yeah, the lead's better. Oh, right, 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 right. Sorry. They, he has a date. They're going on a yes, date. Yes, they're going on a date. Big step. Big it step a big for step. a guy Monk. Um, a good, for a good friend, Adrian Monk. So Brenner's alive. He's killing loose ends. Um, Stottmeyer learns, though, that he's going on a date. And he's like, you're a stud. You know, giving him some yeah. gentle ribbing. And yeah. we learn that uh, he's going to a restaurant. What's it called? Is it Bianca's or something like that? Or did I didn't make that up. Bianca's, Bianca's, Bianca's. Bianca's. And uh, yeah, it's a, apparently a really nice restaurant. And then we cut to the lobby of this building, and we meet. I, I assume you immediately realize what the problem is going to be when they show that Bianca's is a rooftop restaurant on the fifty-second floor. Yeah, I mean, it, there was only one way this was going to go. It was, uh, you know, I. I I hope that it wasn't going to lead to him having to, uh, you know, they were going to climb up the stairs, but sure enough. Yeah, he won't get on the elevator. He's too scared. And then she, you know, agrees to go up the stairs with him. I mean, to be honest with you, though, like, if I see uneven elevators, like, where it's, like, rising above it, I get a little freaked out, too. I mean... Because I've been stuck in an elevator. I have never been stuck in an elevator. Um, But, and this is for, like, one or two people who possibly are listening, once you ride the small elevator in the NYU Tisch building, you're prepared for any and all elevator related problems so i'm i'm perfectly good um shouts to anyone who knows what i'm talking about uh not the big one the big one's fine the small one's the problem so anyway okay but those elevators were so slow and had like problems where it was just like a regular thing where like if ha- if like five people in a class were late professors who've been there for years would just be like oh yeah the elevator probably broke <laughs> um funny they don't use the tuition dollars for that anyway so um they can't go to the elevator they're going up the stairs um, it's taken forever, and this bit is really just like I think this bit sucks. Um, yeah, it's painful. Um, yeah, I mean, I I wonder how long it would take me to climb up fifty four flights of stairs, or fifty two flights of stairs. Um, too long, probably. Okay, I want to say I've t- I've walked up like. 40 stairs, mm-hmm. 40 uh, stories, and that was a, a pain in the ass. So um, we learned, I'm going to do some quick math, actually. We learned that they are, f- that when they get there, they're 35 minutes late for the reservation, right? Let's assume that they right. arrived 15 minutes early, right? Because I don't think they showed up just uh, at, I don't think they showed up so they get there exactly on time, right? 
No, that's the thing is that they did because, yeah, which is fucking hilarious because she's like, oh, when did they call you that? I don't know, which is, I don't know why Mm -hmm. she would ask that. And he was just like, oh, she's like, was that in college? And he said, nope, that was in kindergarten. Mm -hmm. So it says there'd be about 40, if if they, if they, if it took them 35 minutes to get up, that'd be 40 minutes per flight of stairs. So I'm, I'm thinking that they probably, I I actually don't think they showed up exactly at the time of the reservation. They probably showed up like 15 minutes early because I think they probably agreed Uh to meet in the lobby at a certain time and the reservation was for, but also I don't do fine dining. Um, I actually did the exact reverse, uh, of SpongeBob where I forgot everything. Uh, I mean, I remembered everything except for fine dining and breathing. So I'm actually dying right now. Um, Mm. so yeah, they can't, they get up there. There's just, it's painful. There's some jokes. Honestly, you you saw the episode. I don't feel like going over it because I don't have anything to say other than I don't think it's good. Um, do you have anything to say about this bit? Uh, just she's wearing an interesting hat. It is interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's wearing a bucket hat on a date, which, I mean, she's not having dinner on Fairfax in L.A. That's a very niche tweet. I mean. Or not tweet. Uh, hey, I just made a comment about an elevator in a specific building. So That's unless true, yeah. one of my uh, nothing too granular exactly unless one of my uh, fellow alumni or Spike Lee is listening because I did once see Spike Lee on an NYU elevator on the, actually on that elevator to be specific um, if Spike you're for listening thanks for all the good movies so they can't get their table they're 35 minutes late they they mm-hmm. don't have a table available until midnight Monk's ready to wait she is not so he's like well it'll be easier on the way down and she's like no we're taking the elevator if I'm her I'm as like. Okay, fine. You can take the stairs. I'm t- yeah, t- yeah. Simple. And of course, a second bomb is being planted. You know where this is yep. going. I mean, yeah. It wasn't that bad though. No, but el- what is bad though is the f- the fat joke in the elevator is just really just okay. It's tough. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, okay. I, I thought I had saw that, but I also thought I imagined it. No, because um, he was looking. He was looking at the weight and then at the uh, woman, limit, yeah. right? Like it's just rude. Yeah. I, the thing I can't. I never. I always can think about with that is like, imagine being the actress who you just you're trying to fucking make it in Hollywood, and you your agent sends you that, and you're like, I mean, I am that fat, but like, you, th- is that really all you are? Is just someone fat enough for that joke to work? Like I mean, yeah, I, I, it no, the, it begs. You're you're absolutely right, and it's weird because obviously we have a character called Dale the Whale on the show. But Dale the Whale, well, they're is, like in a fat yeah, suit. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's just, I mean, I hope she's collecting them royalty checks at least. Yeah, I she hope is, so. I, ho- I hope she's, you know, good for her. And so, as you expect, the bomb goes off. There's a blackout. Stuck in the elevator. And the, the, whenever I think of this episode, I always just think of lobby, 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 lobby. Because what's Monk doing? Yeah, he's just, like, reciting his mantra. And, uh, you know, the lady reminds him, like, it's not going to do you any good. The power's out. Like, we're stuck here. And he's just like, yeah, you're probably right. Lobby, 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 lobby. Quick reminder for everyone that the door close button on elevators are not connected to anything. Um, so don't bother pressing them. Um so really it's nothing i and on most elevators no it doesn't actually close um wow okay but apparently michelle says this wasn't her worst date apparently she went on a date with gene edelson who took right. her to like a line dancing thing got way too drunk did, did she say she he groped her i believe is what she says and then vomited or something like that 
Or maybe I I, I, I... I didn't hear the groping part, but I definitely heard, like, he got super drunk and, like, threw up. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a bridge too far to say he probably got inappropriately handsy with her. Um, which, you know what? Honestly, like, I don't want to speak for her, but that might be a worse date, but, like, also it's... Maybe I just hate physical activity a lot, but it would be really hard to be making me walk up 50-plus flights of stairs. <laughs> right, right. Um, but... I guess we'll talk about this later, but there's a huge hole in the story. With I'm glad I, I'm excited Gene to hear. Actually, I'm not 100 percent sure what you're talking about. Um, Gene Edelson. Yeah. Okay. We'll we'll get to it. Um, okay. So thankfully, this bit doesn't actually go on that long because she, she makes a call to someone in the fire department. They get rescued, and Monk gets carried out by this uh, woman. And um, yeah, it's uh, he's still saying lobby, lobby, lobby. Um, and there's a really mean moment where Shona shows up and she's comforting Monk and Michelle says, nothing wrong with him, huh? It's like, yeah, I get that he's ruined your night, but like, come on. Yeah, but okay, so at some point, I think around this section, they mention, or like, oh yeah, no, Sharona's sitting at home with Vicky, Oh, right, right, right. I forgot to write that down, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're, they're trying yeah, to watch so- the jamboree again, right, 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 and that's when the blackout happens. Yeah, I come, that's a really important right. detail that I forgot to write a note down for, that... Sharona wants to watch because they're replaying the jamboree at a different time because it was because of the blackout and at about the same time the power goes out again. So there we go. Sorry about that. Who was performing? Willie Nelson, of course, and other country music superstars. Our guy. Our guy. Um, because because San Francisco is known for their love of country music. uh Exactly. Um, so Sharona mentions that she tried to watch the jamboree again and it went off, and Monk's like, "What are the odds of that?" And it's like, because right. the thing too is that it started at 9.15 because there was a movie on beforehand. So it's not like it just happened to be both at 9 o'clock. So it grabs the TV guide. That's when it was listed. And, you know, he's, he solved the case that it's all about that broadcast. And and there's like an interesting like little like shot where they like look back at Michelle Rivas. Mm-hmm. I don't think we ever said her name. Um and she's, like, kind of, like, borderline back into Monk mm-hmm. again. I mean, because he, he like is, he, she clearly is intrigued with his genius. genius. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And we then see a quick scene where Michelle is talking to Gene about, because, uh, you know, he's, like, uh, I heard we're on a date with that Monk character, and he's, he's nutso. Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, she's, like, better date than you, you know, sassed. But the way, but the, yeah, but, like, the way that, uh, that this like scene is like set, it makes it seem like they're in on it together. It does right? a little bit, like, yeah. I think they want you to somewhat believe that. Um, because she's like, she's like, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna solve the crime. He thinks he could have someone arrested like as soon as I, like, yeah. I think in hindsight something. you can realize that that is um, them a red herring. No, well, it is a red herring, but it is also um, I think that it's trying to. Uh, um, she's trying to be like, yeah, he might be crazy, but he's such a good detective, he's gonna solve this case, you know? She's trying to make, make right. herself feel better. Anyway, so Shorna gets delivered the tape of the Jamboree, um, and at the same time, Monk is showing off that he got night vision goggles, um, which, uh, they showed remarkable restraint in the writer's room to have Ted Levine, at the end of this episode, in the same room as night vision goggles, and not make any references to Silence of the Lambs. Um, there's real restraint, and I want to thank you guys for that. Um, and by that, I mean, I actually I think it would be great if there was a reference. I don't know why I'm thanking them for that. I would actually prefer it if they made a reference to it. But um, mm-hmm. anyway, 
So monk, they, like, it's basically like, come on, let's get this going. I need to go to sleep. If I don't get my forty-five minutes, I can't function, um, which is great. Which means it's canon that monk only sleeps for forty-five minutes. And Sharona gives a line which I think about a lot, which is, "Since when do you function?" Um, and as they're watching it, they notice one of the people in the video who's being serenaded has a big close-up on him and looks very uncomfortable. <gasps> it's the engineer. It's GN Edelson. Right. Now, is it... Where, well, tell me when your plot hole comes in, by the way. I mean, I guess it just applies now. Yeah. Like, because... All right. Well, I mean... So, I mean, can we just yeah. say it now? Yeah, yeah, like, Yeah, Gene Edelson is yeah. uh, Winston yeah. Brennan. Brennan. Yeah. And, okay... So if he blew himself up and, you know, he's, like, you know, he he's, has, like, some sort of cover story or whatever, like, how the hell would he get, like, a good-ass job, like, at a power plant? Like, what kind of, like, background story would you have yeah. to have, like, fabricated? Like, that's crazy to yeah, me. Yeah, it is. I I don't know what his connections are. Um, he must have uh, done it. Because that's, like, a good – that's a government job. you got to get fingerprinted for that. You make an excellent yeah. point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Big oversight by the uh, San Francisco, uh, you know, whatever department. Department of Power. Department of Power, yeah. Whatever. Um, and so, and the thing that I also really, I think it's kind of dumb how Monk immediately makes the jump to that must mean that he's also Winston Brenner. He doesn't want to be seen. Like, I get that, but like, yeah. Like, I wish that like Monk had like an old file where he could like look at an old photo of Winston Brenner and be like, oh my god, they're the same guy or whatever. That's what I'm saying. Like, would there not be like a picture? I'm sure Monk would have seen yeah, him at exactly. some point. Yeah. Um, but then there's another blackout. And I do like the bit where Monk just immediately, instinctively sort of going lobby, 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 lobby. Um, but is it? But is it a blackout for San Francisco, uh, Andre? Is it a is it a blackout for all of San Francisco? No, it's not. It's only for Monk Street. Dun dun dun. It means our friend Winston is nearby. So, uh, you know, Monk is looking for his night vision goggles. He's feeling around. Sharona goes to the phone, calls Stottlemyre, gets cut off. Now, the thing that just doesn't work about this scene generally is that I understand why they did it this way, but the way it's lit, you can clearly see everything that's going on. Yeah. And the characters I mean, can't. We, ha- we have to be able to see the it. The thing is, yeah. I agree on the one hand. However, if I may reference the movie I just referenced, The Silence of the Lambs, you don't. Like, I, I, right. I the thing is, they weren't going to do this because this is episodic television and they have a week to make an episode, but like... It's, you don't need to do, like, it, you very easily could have done it where you don't have to do that. Um, but it really, it really kind of, it makes it hard, because the whole tension of scenes like this is that you don't know, you yourself don't know where anything is, and, and also you don't right. know, it's, it's unclear the entire time how much the other characters can see, because you can see everything. Yeah, yeah it was even darker, I want to say it was even, like, more sparsely lit in last mm-hmm. episode when they're at the house waiting for Wolfman yeah. to show up. Yes, yes. Um, so, there's some sounds of glass breaking. Winston's breaking in. He, uh, Monk is looking for his goggles. Shrona gets knocked out. Boom. TKO. Right. Bam. And, you know, Winston is, uh, he's telling Monk, you know, that Monk doesn't have his goggles yet. He's like, you should let sleeping dogs lie. You know, and he's coming after Monk with yep. a knife. He trips over a chair. Monk is able to then grab his goggles. And then Monk is toying with him. Monk has a moment of triumph. Yep. Yeah, just fucking with Which him. Which I like that. I like that Monk can have some fun sometimes. Yeah, no, me too. I, yeah, I enjoyed that. Um, my whole thing, okay, so, like, obviously at some point during this, like, 
section, uh, the lights come mm-hmm. back on. Wouldn't that fuck with your eyes if you have probably yes? Goggles? Yeah, I imagine so. Yes. Okay. Um, okay. So yes, the lights do go back on, and Monk is still toying with him, and he keeps getting closer and closer and closer with the knife. And Monk eventually realizes, you can see me. The lights went back on. Um, yeah, he realizes that, and we realize that for whatever reason, Monk has a like a like a great like a grade school television like that's come that's on a on wheels. Yeah, that is weird that he has that. Um, yeah. I didn't think about that. I don't think I've ever seen someone have that at home. Yeah, I don't think I have either. Strange. Um, But thankfully, right before Monk's about to get stabbed, because Winston takes his sweet old time with it, which is like, come on. Um, But he should have known, once the lights went back on, that meant that there were people coming. Um, Yo, but honestly, I I kind of feel like he should have just, like, what would have worked more for me, personally, was if he would have, like, tried to bomb Monk. uh, Like, a knife kill seems a little out of character at this point. That's true. That's true. Um, I mean, bomb making is expensive, though. Yeah, true. Like, it must have really sucked when he looked at the TV guide and saw that they're playing the jam- the Jamboree again, and he's like, fuck, I gotta get more C4. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's like, shit, where can I get this in a pinch? Um, so anyway, um, they ended up arresting him, but there's a great line where Monk's like, turn off the lights, I have night vision goggles, I have the upper hand, and they're just like, or we could just arrest him. Um, yep. And so he gets arrested. And the cut to a press conference where Michelle is, you know, being a PR person, saying how the police helped, and especially mm-hmm. Adrian Monk. And Adrian Monk's there. And what does he have for her? He's got flowers, but this time it's the whole dozen. I don't think we, we mentioned did not the fact mention that. that he only gave Yeah, it. I skipped yeah. over a lot of details in that scene because I don't like it, but that's all, that's me being a bad host because I should give the details for everything. Because um, I know I know technically you are supposed to be watching the show along with us again, but I know a lot of you aren't, and uh, I apologize. Um, anyway. Then, um, you know, because earlier in the episode, when Michelle shakes his hand, he uses a wipe, and uh, she asks, Is, do you think I have cooties? And he says yes. And the episode ends with him, with her saying to him, you know, if I didn't have cooties, I'd kiss you right now. And he says, what does he say to her? He says, if you didn't have cooties, I'd let you. Which is like, I mean, come on. That's just yeah, a boy dream monk. Yeah. Hey, you know what? He's got something going. Monk's got the spunk, you know. Um, he's got something to lady. Oh, I didn't mean it like that. I'm like, I was like, I want to say this, and I'm like, hey, Andre, if maybe I'm like, hey, maybe if I say it fast enough, Andre's mind won't go there. And guess who was wrong? Guess who was yeah. wrong? I watched, I watched too much, I watched too much like British uh, comedy. I thought that sentence would end with I watched too much porn. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. Anyway, what do you give this What's, episode out of ten? Um, honestly, uh, I gave it a 7 out of 10. I gave it a 6.5 out of 10, which is probably just because I, ba- I have bad memories of the, the whole stairs bit. It just makes me really, like, I put, give it a 6.5 because, like, that's, like, that's what I would give an episode, like, I don't want to watch again anytime soon. Um, because it just did the good stuff. Yeah, I, uh, yes. I, the only things I like are, like, you know, Monk coming out of his shell and, like, even throwing himself yeah. out there like that. That's what I did enjoy. And, like, any, any episode, mm-hmm. I, I just like Kroger a lot, too. I like yeah. any of oh, his Yeah, to Kroger. Big fan of Dr. Kroger. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, what is it, Stanley Camel? Stanley Camel. Camel, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I'm a big fan of my own personal therapist. However, if Dr. Kroger was real, I apologize, uh, to my therapist, but... You know, we'd have to part ways because Ash Kroger. Although, just based on his office, yep. he's got charged so much fucking money, so never mind. Um, so, follow the show at Strictly Monken. Andre, where can people follow you? 
Uh, you can follow me at Andre Barrera. Yep, so you can see, see some great tweets such as uh, Lakers stink. Oh, well, Dodgers stink. Lakers are good. Um, uh, what else is there? Um, I don't know. Just... Uh, I'm a, oh, the beta male has logged You're, you're just a big fan of tweeting things that are five words or less. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Which is the exact opposite of my Twitter. Um, I think that since I got over 200, since I got 280 characters, I've probably tweeted over 140 characters with a majority of my tweets. Uh, I am. You're being restrained. I'm such a. I'm so bad at self-editing. Um, but you can follow me at the J Christie uh, if you'd like to. Um, no one liked my tweet from last night where I said uh, more like thrift of the Magi. You mean you couldn't have spent more on this frankincense? I thought that was great. Um, uh. so stupid. <laughs> Yeah. That's horrible. Um, but anyway, please listen to the show and share it with people. Um, like we mentioned, if people didn't share it, if people didn't like it, we would not have had Andy Breckman on. Um, and uh, that's, you know, obviously the crowning achievement thus far of this. Um, we're hoping to have some more people on, obviously. If there's anyone you want us to try to get on, um, you know, feel free to do the thing where you, like, say, like, tweet at them on our behalf. And like, hey, so-and-so, come on Strictly Munkin. Because, like, it's less pathetic if you do it. Um uh, right. Now, is it something that I should deal with? The fact that I do a podcast and I find it pathetic to ask people to be on it? Absolutely. But once again, that's why it, if Dr. Kroger existed, I would talk to that, talk about that with Dr. Kroger. But um, anyway, yeah, got to work that, work that out. out. But what we got to work out, just between Andre and I, when we're going to record next, because we're going to be coming back to you next Tuesday for Mr. Monk Gets Fired. I... I want to use your fire, but God, fuck Donald Trump. So uh, let's get monkey, baby.